What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome back to Fungo Talk. Uh, this is episode nine uh, with Taylor and James here. Uh, we've had a, about a three-week hiatus as uh, some of us have been taking finals as well as coaching, um, graduating as well. Shout out to Tanner. He got a master's of science from the University of Southwest. Uh, big time, big time from our boy there. Uh, anyways, going to get back into the swing of things now that um, school's done and we can really just focus on baseball. So once again, I wanted to make sure that you're following us on Twitter at FungoTalkPod. That's where we're going to post all of our updates and all of our content, of course. Um, Be sure to listen on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Rate us five stars. uh, Leave us a good review and uh, keep sharing with your friends. Uh, So anyways, getting into the stories of this past week. um, Are we surprised? It was wild. the way the season's gone so far, I mean, it's kind of been a normal week, I would say. Half of the teams in the top 10 lost their series. Um, Oklahoma State took got swept at home by Texas Tech. Miami lost the rivalry series at Florida State. Arkansas lost the home series to Vanderbilt. And Arizona, of course, went on the road into Corvallis and took down Oregon State. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, it's really not really been a surprise as far as the season has gone. But this one, like, it's so hard to predict. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Uh, like, do you punish the teams that lost? Like, it's like everybody lost. <laughs> no, um, like, I mean, even um, the the D1 baseball writers are saying, like, you, I mean, you can punish the teams because they lost, but, like, who are you going to put them, like, replace them with, you know? Exactly. It's like everyone's everybody's been beaten up on everyone. I mean, all the all these conference races are crazy that we're going to get into later on, of course. But oh uh, man, yeah, my brain's not ready for the one of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, our other big story, um, there was a raccoon <laughs> at Bomb Walker, <laughs> and some fan. Uh, decided that he was going to barehand it, and he did. Um, you know, I, I, I live in Central Texas, and I've lived in Central Texas for my entire life, and I have never seen a raccoon that big. Um, that raccoon, if I had to take a Texas guess, was <laughs> was a couple steaks. That thing was big. That was a big old raccoon. And... Um, he just barehanded it, grabbed it, and escorted it straight out of the stadium like it wasn't supposed to be there. Um, something about the SEC teams and forest animals just taking the field. I mean, we had the possum at LSU that one year, and now we have the raccoon in Arkansas. It didn't help them like the like the possum did, though. The possum was a rally. It was a rally animal. This one just kind of was hanging out. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> so first of all is um is a texas sized guest like only measured in steaks is that what i'm getting at uh there's like a texas um there's actually a, a texas sizing system um based on like longhorns or something uh, it's something yeah. like that i don't know anyways we don't fun. use we don't use pounds, okay? We use like objects. So it it, it weighed a couple steaks, you know. 
it weighed a fraction of an 18 wheeler, whatever you want to call it. I mean, we don't use pounds here. So. All right. I just had to, I just had to clarify that uh, first since I'm north of the red river, but uh, yeah, no, the, the raccoon, I mean, like, Shout out to the fan. I mean, did did you see that they had him in the booth the next night? Like oh, the, the guy. Booth? Let's yeah. let's clarify. They had the guy, not the raccoon. Right. Yeah. I'm sure the yeah. raccoon is um, walking around peacefully in the streets of <laughs> streets of Fayetteville, terrorizing other sports on campus. But yeah, no, it is one of the most Arkansas things I've ever seen in my entire life. This dude literally grabbed the raccoon by the, I guess, scruff of his neck. If that's what you call it, grabbed and, him. Uh, yeah, just yanked him. Yeah, and it just—it <laughs> was like we, it, uh, it was easy. I mean, he flipped he flipped <laughs> his camera around to selfie mode, recording himself I don't, walking up everyone's, the steps. Everyone's forgetting the the dude that fell over in the road next to him in that video. <laughs> There's a guy that took a tumble. Um, yeah, my friends are all Aggie fans, and we kind of talked about this, and we came to the conclusion that. Arkansas fans are just going to grab him and take him out of the stadium. LSU fans would have taken him to the concession stands and had him grilled at the field and then would have eaten him, like, at the stadium. Um, and A&M fans would have ran the other way and screamed. That, that's the, that's, the, comp, that's the, the thing we came down to. So I guess they, they're the manliest of fans if you're just going to grab him and take him calmly out of the stadium. And not it's try the, to eat him. It's the SEC, you know. It just means more. Just means more. Fair enough. All right. Th- this one, this one was a, a pop up segment. We we really didn't plan this too much. We kind of just like threw it in there. And well, the original thought was a different version of it. And then I was like, why don't we just do it this way? And this is what we're going to do this week. So for this week. And then we're going to do it the week of Selection Sunday. We're going to – this week we're going to predict our 16 regional host sites. Um, kind of in order. Mine are in order. I assume Tums are in order. Um, and then somewhat, yes. And then the week before of Selection Sunday, we're going to do our concrete this is my prediction for all 16 host sites, trying to get them as many right as possible. So we're going to get into that right now. Tom, I'm going to let you go first because mine's going to have some shakeups in it. So I'm going to let you go first. All right. Yeah, sweet. It's like we were saying earlier, though, like it's hard to put teams in a set spot. So I have kind of kind of an order here and then not really at the end of it. But um, Well, let, let's my, get one out of the way. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be Tennessee, obviously. Right. Um, yeah. I, think, I think some of the main ones are pretty set in stone now. I mean, Tennessee, Oregon State. Uh, Virginia Tech, I think Miami will host. I think Texas A&M is going to host. Also, um, Arkansas, Auburn, Louisville, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Gonzaga, Florida State, Maryland, Stanford, and um, Texas Tech. Okay, yeah, we we definitely have different ones. Um, that's fine. Uh, they're, they're, so mine is somewhat the same for the most part. I have a few different teams, though. This is why I have to let you go first. Um, so my number one is Tennessee. And I don't think it's a question at this point, at least. Maybe if they drop their next series and lose their first one at Hoover, maybe Oregon State takes it. But right now it's Tennessee. It's not a question. My number two is Oregon State. 
My number three is Tech. My number four is Stanford. My number five is Arkansas. My number six is Oklahoma State. My number seven is Virginia Tech. And my number eight is Miami. Now, we're going to get into this a little bit later in the episode. But those are my seven and eight. My number nine is Maryland. I think Maryland's going to just miss out on the Super Regional host. Call me crazy. Uh, Louisville at 10. Gonzaga at 11. A&M at 12. Notre Dame at 13. I have Texas sneaking in and hosting at 14. Um, And then I have UConn hosting at 15. And then I have Vandy coming out of the blue and taking that 16th and last host spot. Um, let's talk about it. I mean, mine, mine obviously has a little bit more of a structure to it, I guess. And I definitely have some teams in there that you don't have. So let's, let's, let's talk about a couple of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, rate like putting them in that order is so tough. Uh, it's very sure. tough. I mean, it's kind of why I just kind of threw them in um, at the, the later stages in mine. But, uh, yeah, Texas, obviously, um, they're going to have to make a, a big run in the conference tournament in Globe Life yeah. for sure. So here, um, here's my thought with Texas, right? So they end with Kansas this week. Yeah. If they – I think I think that if they sweep Kansas – let me let me pull up Texas. Let me, let me pull up the uh, – guys here because i believe texas is a top 16 in rpi right now so it should help them out they're 17 so so texas is 17th in the rpi if they sweep kansas that puts them at 39 wins all they have to do i think they they just have to win one because they're what 23rd right now I think I think they win one in Globe Life after sweeping Kansas. If they don't sweep Kansas, it's a wrap. They're not going to host. They have to sweep Kansas. And then I think they just have to win one in Globe Life. And I think they come in. They're not going to be much higher than what I have them at. I have them at, what, 14? I don't – they're not going to be much higher than that. But I do think they sneak in and take back a host spot that we all thought they were going to have at the beginning of the season. And then the last one I want to talk about really is Vanderbilt. Yeah, I don't uh, think anybody has Vandy hosting right now. I, I was on. That was one of my teams that I was on the verge of saying that uh, could potentially host, uh, be like a sixteen or a fifteen. Um, but you I know, it's going to help like, them they're out. Just, they're just not like. It's probably because you know it's Vandy and they have such a high standard, so it's not like you know you're not seeing Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. I mean, you're seeing guys ninety five plus multiple times every weekend, but it's not. Like, their offense is kind of a little questionable to me. It's not really a set-in-stone thing. I mean, you got Enrique Bradfield but and Spencer Jones, obviously. Um, Cardi Young kind of underperformed. Um, really just not uh, – definitely not the best bandy team ever, but I can definitely see them hosting and um, so, playing playing yeah. good baseball down the stretch uh, would help. I have a too. thought with, with Vanderbilt also. So, they've won of their last ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven – Eight, okay. Out of their last eight, they're six and two. They've won four or three of their last or four of their last five. They've won four of their last five. They're third in the RPI right now. 
they play a very – I mean, obviously streaky, but they play an LSU team to end out their season. If they win the series against LSU, um, I, I if they win the series against LSU, I think they still have to do some work in Hoover. I think they have to win two in Hoover. Um, I think I think they beat they they take two or three or even sweep from LSU. They still have to win at least two in Hoover. If they win that two in Hoover, I don't see them. I don't see them not hosting. I think it's going to help Vanderbilt too because of the way the SEC is this year. The SEC is kind of flipped. Everyone's kind of beaten up on everybody. Nobody looks good in the SEC besides Tennessee. The first place team in the West has a three game is like what three games above. 500 in conference AM. Right. Vandy's one game above uh above 500 in conference play. So I think do I I really don't see if they if they can beat LSU in the series even if they sweep they have to win two in Hoover. They win two in Hoover, I think it's almost impossible to keep them out of the 16 spot. Yeah, this the the conference tournament's really going to either make or break a lot of teams chances to host, I would say. Um, it's, it's really gonna, it's really good. I'm really excited to see what happens this weekend and then, um, us revisit this, uh, this topic later on, like, right, like you said, right before selection Sunday, um, cause it's probably going to be a lot of changes from here to now. Yeah. I want to, I want to make sure that our selection Sunday ones are like concrete, but put them in an order. Let's see how many we can get right. If we can't get any of them right. Oh, for sure. Right um, on. So let's let's jump in now to our individual performances of the week, and uh, Tom, you're gonna you're gonna take it away first. Yeah, so this is a, a repeat performer uh, that we've had here on the on the podcast. It's UCLA right-handed pitcher Max uh, Rajic. Uh, eight innings in his uh, previous start, only giving up one hit and striking out fourteen guys. Um, eight innings of shutout ball, no walks as well. Um, that's that's really freaking impressive against Washington State too. Uh, really great performance uh, by Max and uh, the Bruins. Starting out the year, we didn't really know much about them. They're a really young team, I believe. They started the most freshmen in Division One baseball, and they look really good. I mean, their pitching's really good. I wouldn't want to see them in a regional for at all. There's a lot of teams I wouldn't want to see in a regional at all. That's that's my worry because like I, we'll put these teams and these some of these teams that aren't. If you're new to college baseball, if you're not a national seed, which is the top eight seeds, come Selection Sunday, your regional ain't going to be easy. Okay, that's just how it is. Uh, they usually give the harder regionals to the teams that aren't a national seed uh, because, I mean, you're a national seed, you're going to host through the Super, so you have to have the best chance to host through a Super. You earned it. Um, there's a lot of teams that are going to be two and three seeds that I just don't want to see. UCLA mm-hmm. being one of them. Um, a lot of other teams that I just I just wouldn't want to see. Oklahoma would be one that I just don't want to see. Um, there's Hell, a bunch of teams the, like that. How about a four seed in Campbell? Them too. I, exactly. Exactly. It, it's the tournament field this year is going to be so deep. Uh, there I don't think there's going to be an, such thing as an easy regional. Any any regional that you're going to see is, is not going to be easy by any means. It's 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 going to be a good tournament for sure. I don't really have a pick for a champion, even close to one, because this tournament is going to be deep. Yeah. Uh, sure. Let's get into be... our next perform. 
I was just gonna I was just gonna say it's gonna be really fun to watch. But yeah, go ahead and get into the next performer. Uh we've got Maryland shortstop Matt Shaw, who in four games last week went eight for sixteen with seven home runs, thirteen RBIs, three homers and eight RBIs on Saturday. Um he got a base hit eight times and seven of them went over the fence. <laughs> um that's that's impressive on its own. You could have gone with seven home runs in four games and all of them be solos, and that's still impressive. The fact that he had 13 RBIs just makes it even more impressive. Like, talk about seeing the ball well. It looks like a beach ball for him right now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you said it best. Um, eight hits and seven of them went over the fence. He hit seven of them really far. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty damn impressive for sure. A very, um, very impressive. And yeah, Maryland. Maryland's another team that we can talk about. It's gonna host a regional probably, and pretty damn good baseball team over there that they got. Yeah, no one's talking about them, and I, I'm, I'm sort of a, uh, sort of upset about it. Like, hey, put some respect on them. Like, yeah, they have a really good uh, three. Headed rotation. I mean, uh, Ryan Ramsey threw the perfect game earlier in the year. He's having a great year. You know, they're they're scary. Yeah, I think there's uh, so there's four teams that have, or no, there's seven teams that have forty wins right now. One of them is Maryland. <laughs> one of them is UConn. One of them is Rutgers. One of them is Davidson. That just no proves to the test. Of how of how deep this tournament's gonna be, I'm telling you. You're gonna get these teams in these regionals that you've never even heard of. And as a fan, you're gonna think, Oh, well this should you know, no, no, they're gonna run you out. So uh I'm excited, <laughs> let's say the least. Yeah, and uh so get into our next performance of the week. Um Ole Miss right handed pitcher Dylan DeLucia, uh seven oh, innings of three hit ball, nine strikeouts, only three runs given up in the win against LSU in Alex Box. Um, DeLucia, if you remember, uh, that Tennessee series, uh, I believe it was after the first game, they talked about – he talked about how um, they challenged him with Tennessee with fastballs because Tennessee plays in a small park. Of course, obviously, Ole Miss got swept and everyone was kind of written them off. But um, with the resurgence of DeLucia as the Friday night starter, uh, Ole Miss is really playing great baseball. Um Obviously, this I know this uh, hit home a little bit for you, so that's why uh-huh. I talk about it. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, no, let's like, just let's just roll into it. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say that's that's like that's just the nature of the SEC, really. I mean, Ole Miss is a team that we had as a top four seed, probably. And the uh, I had him, I had him winning the, I had him second in the West. <laughs> they're yeah. not second in the West. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, think they're still some. I think they're still sub five hundred in conference, but they are. I want to say thirty one and twenty, right? Somewhere around there. Some like uh, they're some like that. Not where you'd have them. No, no, definitely not. But yeah, they're they're playing great baseball and uh, riding the back of Delucia as their ace um, coming into the year. He was a bullpen guy, and he's taken over the Friday night role really well and really stepped up when the Rebels needed him. Let's just roll into it. Let's do it. Yeah, so um, uh, yeah, I was going to say, get into the team performance of the week um, if you want to take that away as well, James. I mean, I mean, I don't want to, but I, I said I would, so I'm going to. Um, the Ole Miss Rebels, they're, they're still here, folks. Um, they swept 
my LSU Tigers at the box in Baton Rouge, the mecca of college baseball. They picked up a much-needed conference series win against what was the 17th-ranked team in the country. Uh, the first time Ole Miss has ever swept LSU in Baton Rouge. Um, I mean, as an LSU fan personally, I I, I said it on the Twitter. I retweeted it um, with the with a quote tweet. I'd rather lose. I'd rather have a bad weekend in May than be knocked out in June. So, you know, Ole Miss though. They're healthy again, people. <laughs> they are healthy again. This is not the same Ole Miss team that you saw two weeks ago. It's not the same Ole Miss team you saw a month ago. This team is back. They're healthy. They've got their guys back, um, and they're playing like it. They're uh, what are they in their last few games? Because I know it's insane. Um, it's very scary to see how good this team is when they're back to what they should be. Um, it's really pretty to see, also because. Um, you know, we like like Tom said, we had them all. Dude, they've won two, three. They've won seven straight people. Yeah, they're scared. They're they might probably be what? What do you? What would you say? Like a two or three seed in the regional, maybe? No, I don't know. The start they had, I'm I'm it, a two would be a stretch. I would give them a three, but they'd be the scariest three seed I've seen in a while. Um. That's obviously not a knock to say they'll be a three seed. This just they started too slow. I don't know of many teams that have started four and twelve in conference and came back and were two seed. Um, I'd have to imagine that number isn't very high. But like like I said, that'd be the scariest three seed you will see. You don't want to see them in your regional right now. They've won six or seven straight. They've won eight of their last ten. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, I wouldn't want to face them either. And the Powder Blues, not wouldn't want to see that in the opposing dugout. Oh, Timmy Elko, they don't need ACLs. Damn it. (laughs) He said, "What's an ACL? I can't spell that." Duke. (laughs) That's how it goes. That's how it goes with old Timmy Elko. Okay. This is this is the topic uh, we mentioned before. My head isn't ready for this. Well, we're about to get into it. Um, what a weekend in the ACC we got coming up, to say the very least. Uh, our key matchup of the week is going to be number fourteen Notre Dame and number nine Miami. Um, uh, Notre Dame key contributors we got outfield. Brooks Coetzee, the right-handed pitcher, uh, Jack Finley. Uh, he has 33 and a third innings pitched, a sub-1 ERA, 36 strikeouts with only 10 walks. That's impressive. <laughs> uh, that's definitely impressive. Sub-1 ERA and 33 innings pitched. Like, it's not like he's going out there for – Innings eating, you know, he's just out there. Throwing. He's our closer, is he not? Yes, I believe so. Uh, Notre Dame kind of, it's it's not really by committee per se. I mean, you got um, John Bertrand, uh, that's their Friday guy. Uh, but it's really a lot of bullpen guys that kind of just piece together the late innings, uh, like Roman Kimball, the YouTuber who throws 95. 
um, Alex Rayo, who's up to 100. Then you got Finley, of course. Um, just three of probably like seven, eight deep in the bullpen. Notre Dame is a really good team. And Finley definitely uh, leads the charge in the pitching staff. Yes, he does. And so getting into uh, the key contributors for the Hurricanes, uh, third baseman Johan de Morales, or Yo-Yo Morales, as people call him, uh, currently hitting 340 on the year with 12 home runs, 45 RBIs, and an 11.03 OPS. Uh, the Jesus. guy just the, the guy rakes at the hot corner. He's been a staple for Miami for the last couple of years, and uh, he's gonna they're gonna rely on him heavily uh, if they want to win this series offensively for sure. And also, uh, <laughs> speaking of performers, this dude's the best closer in college baseball. Like it's no question about it. He's up the last guy stats were good. Andrew, uh, right-handed pitcher Andrew Walters for the Hurricanes in 28 innings pitched this year. He's got a 0.32 ERA. That is 0.32. He's given up Less one run, one run given up all year in 28 innings. Um, 53 Ks to only four walks, 13 saves and 20 appearances. He's given up eight hits all year. He's only allowed one run. His whip is 0.4, and he's got he's averaging 17 strikeouts for every nine innings pitched. <laughs> Dude, he's given up a third of a run. He's essentially just given up he's essentially just given up a single all year. That's it. That's basically what he's given up is one single. And That's I finally I finally got to see him pitch live uh, last weekend out on ESPN when they played at Florida State, and he came in and he did not throw a fastball lower than 95. Uh, I think for the first, like, 10, 15 pitches, uh, or at least 10, 15 fastballs, yeah. But Andrew Walters, dude, like, he's – like, we had Kevin Copps last year. Like, I feel like Andrew Walters isn't even getting talked about. He's not. I mean, the intention is all on Ben Joyce, and somewhat rightfully so, but I don't think Ben Joyce has these kind of numbers. <laughs> no, like, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Andrew Walters is going to be a high draft pick for sure. Uh, so let's get into the predictions. Um, I'm gonna go first. This series is so was so tough to pick for me. I I, I really couldn't decide. But I'm just gonna roll with Miami. I'm gonna roll with Miami winning the series two to one. I think all three games are gonna be decided by no more than three run three runs each. Yeah. I, can I predict confusion? Because. Whoever wins this one, anyways, um, I, I get I have Miami hosting, so I'm I'm going with Miami. Um, we're gonna get into why this series means so much right now. Actually, um, we can roll into it. Uh, let me pull up. So, if you haven't heard, the ACC is like ultra competitive this year. Um, that's a very light way of saying it. <laughs> uh, so we've got both of these teams, Miami and Notre Dame, both lead their respective divisions. Uh, Miami leads the Coastal, and Notre Dame leads the Atlantic. Um, we've got some some spiciness going on here. So a little scenario here: if Miami wins this series. Against Notre Dame, they win the Coastal outright, um, which is you know expected. They're leading the conference; they win it. 
you know. Um, if Louis or if Notre Dame wins this series, then they win their division. But if Miami wins this division, uh, this series, Louisville wins. Are you staying with me, Tom? Yeah, not really. <laughs> okay, okay, no, we're good. We're good. So, 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 so. Oh, there's more. So Miami wins the, the series against Notre Dame. Louisville wins the other division, and Miami wins their division. If Notre Dame wins the series, then Virginia Tech wins the other division, the one Miami's in. So whoever wins the series between Notre Dame and Miami the second place team in the other division wins the division. But we've got even more spiciness because if Notre Dame sweeps Miami and Virginia beats Duke in their series, Notre Dame and Virginia will win the two divisions. It's just mind-blowingness. Yeah, the ACC is loaded. <laughs> this this series, this is might be the single biggest series of the entire season among any conference. There are six teams battling for two divisions right now. This might be the most important series that I've seen in a very long time. Uh, all the stuff that can happen. Just think, if there's a sweep, one team, the team that's in third in the other division will win that division. Think about that. That's insane, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be some action packed baseball in Miami for sure. Uh, I I'm really looking forward to seeing this one. This one this one's gonna determine a lot of teams' futures. <laughs> That's for very sure. All right, let's get into our uh, NAIA performances of the week. Um, opening round is here. Uh, the NAIA began the opening round of their national tournament. Uh, two days ago, three days ago, three days ago. Uh, two, two Monday. Days. Two Monday. days ago, Monday, Monday. Start of Monday. Um, so yeah, Tom, I'm gonna let you kind of take this one because you you had the quad box. You've been paying attention more, a little <laughs> bit more than I have. I'm I'm gonna let you just do your thing, dude. All right, yeah. So opening round, man, playoff baseball, it's the best. Uh, we've had. I've, had a couple teams already punch their ticket to Lewiston, Idaho for the NAIA World Series. Uh, Westmont swept through their opening round. Uh, Mid-American Nazarene uh, took down Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City Stars uh, and Jim Wade in that regional. Um, swept through that. They punched their ticket first time in school history. Uh, Georgia Gwinnett is going back to defend their title. Uh, they swept through their opening round as well. Uh, yeah, Faulkner, death taxes and Faulkner in the NAIA World Series. Uh, Faulkner yeah. retur- returns to Lewiston for the ninth straight year. Um, I just actually got the privilege of watching the end of that game as we're recording. Um, every other team has dogpiled um, going to the NIR World Series. Faulkner, just like they won a midweek. Uh, get in line, shake hands, boys, because we've done it eight years previous. <laughs> that's that's like the ultimate, like, I'm better than you and you can't do anything about it. Like, I do this. Yeah. But yeah, and like it's it's a crazy thing. So like um, you know, for a lot of people that don't know, um, how the opening round works isn't really like Division One. It's not based on your record. You have to. Yeah, I was going to say that. You, yeah, so you have to. Uh, it's obviously you have to have a 
certain standard of facilities uh, to host. I, I don't know what, obviously to seed enough people to attract uh, for possibly a five team uh, playoff tournament. Um, so I want to say the, the bid cost is around $10,000. I'm not hundred percent sure um, just to apply for it. And then um, the selection committee of the NAI uh, will determine those sites. Um, so you've had, Sometimes you'll have instances of, say, Georgia Gwinnett, who hosted, they were the two seed um, that hosted um, Hope International was the one seed out of California, uh, obviously went to Georgia to be the one seed in their regional. Um, Oklahoma City hosted theirs. Uh, Westmont hosted theirs. Uh, you have Southeastern, who's the number one overall seed. They are up in Indiana right now at Taylor University, who is the three seed. Um, which, you know, Southeastern could host any year they want to. I mean, they're the best team in the AI. And, um, yeah, the World Series is going to be really fun. Uh, we've got, I believe, three, three, four more games tomorrow to, to punch tickets to Lewiston. Um, it's going to be some really, really fun baseball to watch if you aren't, if you aren't watching already. Because we got the privilege of being out there in Oklahoma City today and, uh, and yesterday. And uh, it was some great baseball, I have to say. Uh, we saw the end of probably the best NAI season, individual NAI season of all time today, Cross Factor. Um, I got his 30th home run of the year on video, if you hadn't seen that. He ended his season, get this, 525 average, 30 home runs, 93 RBIs, 28 doubles, 29 walks, 19 strikeouts and 19 stolen bases. Also, he made zero errors defensively in center field all year. Didn't all in 200 at bats. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, just remind everyone who he is. Yeah, so Cross Factor is uh, the brother of OSU softball center fielder Cheyenne Factor. Um, she hits two hole on the number four team in the country. Um, so really good, really good genes for sure. He's all there. He was also a wrestler in high school. Um, growing up in the area, I saw him play a lot. He's probably the one of the best hitters I've seen at the high school level. And he just finished quite possibly the greatest season at the NAI level of all time. And it's a shame that they're not going to go to Lewiston to extend, um, extend his season because it's a lot of guys need to see this, this kid hit like he's, he's a special talent. Do you think he gets drafted? I think he will get drafted, but if I had to guess, just based off the history of the NAI um, prospects, I'd probably say at tenth round at the earliest, probably later than that. But I mean, I don't care who you're playing against. If you're hitting five twenty-five over two hundred at bats, I mean, the guy has walked more times than he has doubles. <laughs> Jeez. But Jesus. no, like just getting into like they lost obviously. So like Mid America Nazarene, um, they're a top, I want to say twenty team, and then we had Freed Hardman in that regional as well, who was twentieth uh, in the country. Uh, Mid America Nazarene has uh, catcher Joshua Sandoval, who's a preseason All American. The guy is the biggest catcher I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he's every bit of six six two fifty, and the dude hits like he hits rockets all throughout. Today, though, Mid-America Nazarene, um, they had to lose – excuse me, OCU had to beat them twice. Um, they didn't even beat them once. Mid-America Nazarene held the best offense in the NAI to one run over the last eight innings of work between three arms out of the bullpen. Uh, 
Uh, so shout out to the Pioneers. Um, it's going to be a fun one in Lewiston for sure next week. Like We've already got Westmont, Faulkner, Mid-American Az, and Georgia Gwinnett. And tomorrow we'll see the other four. Georgia Gwinnett repeat, question mark? Oh, they Possibly. could. Possibly. They could. But anyways, be, it would be pretty cool. So now, let's get um, into our uh, middle. Are we getting into the middle finger? Or are we, or are you, you, no, get, I was, you still going? I was going to – I was actually going to mention another thing about the NAI tournament. It was a really great performance you as well. Um, if you guys hadn't heard, the Kansas Wesleyan Coyotes, um, they're the St. Peter's of the NAI tournament. Oh, um, yeah. After, there you go. After losing the opening round game in the KCAC conference tournament to Tabor, uh, that put Kansas Wesleyan on the year at 27 and 27. Kansas Wesleyan rattled off six straight wins, five of them being elimination games to win the KCAC tournament and clinch a bid to the opening round. Uh, two of their wins after Tabor, they beat Oakwoo. And then um, on the same day, they took down number 13, McPherson, and number 10, Ottawa, to bounce them from the KCAC tournament. And then they went on to beat Tabor once and then beat them in the if game, which uh, placed them as the four seed in the Oklahoma City opening round. And then they took down LSU Alexandria in the first game and lost a real close game to Oklahoma City 7-5 to in the winner's bracket game. Um, so, great run by the Coyotes for sure. I mean, this was, this is crazy, dude. Like, ever since the, the paint thinner story on the KWU Barstool Twitter account got leaked, I mean, they whatever was in that water, they need to keep drinking because they, they played the best baseball anyone's played in the NAI all season at the end of it. Keep kids drink paint thinner. Makes you play good at baseball. Whatever, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do I was that. gonna say, whatever. I mean, whatever it was, I, it it must have lit a fire under them or something because it was some really really great baseball out of the Coyotes for sure. Now, now that we get into the middle finger, go for it. Let's hear it. Let's let's do it. We got the NAI middle finger of the week. Uh, our our very own University of Southwest Mustangs. Pulled off the unthinkable last week in the Red River Athletic Conference Tournament, taking down number four Shreveport in an LSU or LSU Shreveport in an elimination game, knocking them out of the tournament after just two games. In the ninth, the Stangs took advantage of two errors by the Pilots, got three straight sing- RBI singles to tie it, and then freshman right fielder Hayden Woods delivered the walk-off suicide squeeze, completing the ninth inning comeback. What other way to end it than the squeeze? If it wasn't a squeeze, probably wouldn't make the segment. Hey, yeah, I, we got to see the replay of that uh, courtesy of Tanner, and dude, that was ball. That was a ele- that was electric. Like that, like shout out to Steve Appel for the call. Uh, shout out to Tanner Martinez and the Stangs on a great, great year. Um, taking down the number four ranked Pilots of LSU Shreveport. LSU's report's one of the most complete baseball teams I've watched at any level. Uh, and they actually, they're on the verge of it. They forced an F game tonight um, against in-state foe Loyola. Uh, so that's going to be a opening round um, championship winner take all to Lewiston. And the Stangs took them, took them down. And four times in the season. Like, it's not happened at least once, but like this, I mean, this, this is something I've never seen coming. Like, 
they took advantage of uh, two straight errors by the shortstop and three straight RBI singles. And of course the walk-off suicide squeeze. And the video was incredible. That's baseball. <laughs> That's baseball. Suicide squeeze, baby. Bring back the squeeze. Bring back the bunt. The bunt still matters, okay? <laughs> Obviously. Kent Murphy. I don't care about proud. I don't care about your home runs, strikeouts, and walks. I want to see the bunt. Bring back the bunt. I'm a lefty, so I've always had the bunt. I want to see the bunt. Keep, keep the bunt. <laughs> Anyways, guys, yeah, that's going to wrap it up uh, for episode nine of Fungo Talk. Uh, we really appreciate you guys sticking with us through this, uh, through finals and everything, uh, getting busy these last couple weeks. I'm really excited to be back and really excited to continue to bring you uh, college baseball coverage. Uh, once again, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Fungo Talk Pod. Uh, leave us a like on uh, Apple and Spotify podcast. Five rate us five stars. Leave us a good review. And, oh yeah, I uh, do want to say one thing. Thank you for a hundred followers on Twitter. That was a milestone we reached. Big milestone. Big milestone. Uh, we once again we look forward to uh, bringing you more content as well. Um, big announcements coming next episode actually. Uh, so stay staying with us for that. Uh, thanks again for listening, guys. Have a good one.